0: Welcome to Mind Training and Homotherapy, a podcast that explores ideas to help you live a life that is more purposeful, intentional, and fulfilled. I am your host, Dr. Henry Gregory, and I thank you for tuning in. Greetings, folks. Hope everyone is doing well on this chilly January morning. We say um, thank you for being here, for being present, Mm -hmm. for being together. Mm -hmm. Wanted to talk a little bit today about uh, forgiveness. And we've spoken a few times about forgiveness But I want to take it to a little different place for what's called radical forgiveness. Actually, radical forgiveness and radical self-forgiveness. So, traditional forgiveness is about, at some level, feeling injured, attacked, um, hurt by someone or someones and making a judgment that that person did something wrong. That person did something wrong um, that has uh, compromised or cost you in some ways. And to deal with traditional forgiveness we attempt to absolve them of their infraction, perhaps by understanding that people are doing the best they can with what they have at the time, perhaps by understanding that it's not healthy to hold on to anger, even if you're the person who has been um, mistreated, even if your anger is righteous, that it's not healthy to hang on to those feelings. Physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, anger is a very toxic energy. So we let go. We attempt to absolve the person and At least forgive the person if we don't accept the behavior. So we may set limits or boundaries with the behavior, but we accept the person. Because at some level, the person, if they're doing some infraction against us, they're caught up in the same thing, and it's costing them. Well, radical forgiveness takes it another step. It really takes it a fairly big step into the spiritual realm. Radical forgiveness starts with the assumption that everything is in divine order. That everything happens for a reason. That everything that happens happens to teach us lessons. And life is a school. So at any moment, we are either being a teacher or a student. My late wife used to say all the time that (laughs) we are all continually teaching each other or learning from each other. So when we look at radical forgiveness, we say everything is in, in divine order. And as such, it eliminates the issue of being a victim, of being a victim. This attitude of victimhood really sabotages our sense of agency, of personal power, of ability to manifest our desired destinies when we get caught up in victimhood. Another way of looking at it is that none of us is ever completely innocent. Now, I don't mean blame. I don't mean that we are at fault. I mean, there's always some way we participate either by sins of omission or sins of commission in what's happening with us. And when these intrusions, when these uh, incidents happen that hurt us to get our attention, at some level they are happening to get our attention so we can learn a lesson and move forward in a more healthy way. Sounds like a big piece? It can be a big piece because in so many cultures, subcultures, this issue of victimhood really has a subtle but very powerful presence. And as such, when that happens, we see the other as making the infraction. And although it may come at the other's hands, again, we have choices in how we respond, um, how we take care of ourselves, how we conceptualize the narratives around whatever happens. But it does take a lot to deal to get to this radical forgiveness. And the first step is usually... Emotional release. When some kind of infraction comes through neglect, abuse, attack, or whatever, it brings up a lot of emotions. The emotions can be intense, can be overwhelming. And it may take a little time to release those emotions. It may take some active, intentional um, behavior in order to release the, those emotions. You know, because they can get stuck in the body very easily, and we've talked about that, and become um, disorders or whatever. But learning how to release these emotions and let them go, and let go, becomes a major step and moving toward radical forgiveness. And there's no time limit on that. Another major step is is examining or being willing to shift our self-definition. Because whenever a major infraction happens toward us, It's an opportunity and an encouragement to reassess our understanding of who we are, our identity, Mm -hmm. who we are, what we bring to the table, how we manifest our essence. Mm -hmm. So at some level, it requires that we Raise our level of consciousness, if you will, from this temporal material reality to one that is more infinite, more eternal, one that um, involves what may be called the spirit or the soul, that becomes a much larger issue. So instead of seeing ourselves as a a small, helpless entity that that was victimized, start to look at the larger picture and say, oh, this is one of the lessons that I came here on this planet at this time to learn. Uh, Some disciplines even say that some of the agreements to go through some of the things we go through were made before we even came to this planet. They were made to, to facilitate the lessons that we needed for the evolution of our soul or our spirit. So at some level, it requires our openness to look at ourselves in a larger context so we can get past the material designations of victimhood, of powerlessness, and move toward a more universal consciousness that says, um, I am here to learn, and I am a participant, and there's always something that I can do to better my situation. Another piece is what we call empathetic connection, empathetic connection. When we move to that, this larger view of things, we begin to see that everybody here has challenges. We act them out in different ways, but everybody has challenges. Again, this is a school. This is a school, and everybody has lessons to learn. And lessons are blessings. So when we can tap into our empathy, we begin to connect with even that person who may have been the vehicle for the infraction against us. He, she, it, they... (coughs) are struggling with the same things that we're struggling with, consciously or unconsciously, working to learn how to manifest their highest reality. Working to learn to manifest their highest reality. Mm -hmm. And part of that means that we have to get to a place beyond doing a place of being, a place of being where, in our essence, we are taking our role as observer, our role as witness, and not taking things so personally. And not taking things so personally. So when we do that, we become more capable of observing, witnessing, and of expressing unconditional love. Unconditional love. The kind of love that's not dependent on what the other person does. The kind of love that's not dependent on what how I'm feeling today, what has or what hasn't happened. I've heard it said that the more challenging time for many of us, most of us, is not when things are going badly, but when things are going real well. That's when we're most challenged to be in our essence. So this issue of being able to give unconditional love and to see life, see reality as in the largest sense that things are happening that need to happen to get our attention so we can grow through them so we can grow through them. It's the dif- to me it's the difference. It's like being a child, you know? If you're a child or you're an infant, you know, you just dealing with whatever is present in your life and somebody else is taking care of you and providing you with what you need and whatever. Much of your reality comes from external care and how that happens. But as we grow, as we grow, The challenge is we become more intentional, more self-determined, more grounded in our own ability to manifest as we choose to, as we choose to. And again, when we are looking at this issue of radical forgiveness, we're taking Charge of that process and taking it out of the hands of other people. Taking it out of their narrative and saying, I am moving for a narrative that sees this in terms of the lessons, in terms of what can facilitate growth, understanding, and assist me in um, developing my resilience, my fortitude, my higher understanding of life and existence. Mm -hmm. So again, I'm seeing things as being in order, being intentional, and providing a service to me. So even though on one level there may be pain, there may be intrusion, there may be hurt, on a deeper level, On a deeper level, it is a gift. It is a gift. It's like like going to the gym. If you go to the gym and you're not picking up anything that has resistance to it, you don't develop any muscles. But if you're picking up weights that have some resistance to them, the more you pick them up, the stronger you become. Life is the same way. The stronger the challenge, the more life is saying to you, you are capable, you have within you the ability to handle and to grow through whatever is going on. Mm -hmm. So radical forgiveness takes it out of the attitude of victimhood and takes it to a larger context that's about lessons, about blessings, about growing, about acknowledging our highest nature, that which is eternal, infinite, and interconnected to all other life.
1: I think that I connect um, to all of that in a very direct and strong way. Um, I think that my main comment is that I've learned that forgiveness is a practice. You know, um, you practice forgiveness. A lot of times when we think of forgiveness, we kind of just focus on the big stuff that we need to forgive people for. But there are very micro things that happen throughout the week, throughout the day, throughout the month, whatever the case may be, where on a very micro level, you forgive a person. You know, um, you go into a restaurant, you order something, and the person that works there messes up your order. Not the biggest thing in the world. It's one meal. You're going to eat. An, you're going to eat again. But that situation, either you can get really angry and upset or you can forgive the person for being human and then figure out how to best work it out. You know, are they going to give you your money back? Are they just going to remake your order? Whatever the case may be. But there are so many opportunities throughout our week, throughout our day, throughout our month, whatever it may be, where we can forgive people, you know, and and it could, it could just be a very minor inconvenience. But I guess the point is, if we routinely do this as a practice, when it comes time for the bigger stuff, it's not to say that it won't be a challenge because to your gym analogy, whenever you lift something that's heavy, the fact that it's heavy doesn't change, but you're a little bit more prepared for the challenge if you've been building up to that over time.
0: Okay, so you say practice helps us to build the muscles of uh, forgiveness. Exactly,
1: mm-hmm. exactly.
0: And, and the other thing I'm hearing which you saying that forgiveness is a process. Um, ver- very often, I hear people say, "Oh, I've forgiven him or her for this or that and the other." Well, sir, yeah, you, you've started the process, but there's generally layers to it, mm-hmm. you know, and perhaps you've done one or two layers, but that doesn't mean there's not more to be done at a deeper, a more subtle level that comes out with certain triggers at certain times. Yeah. So. You know, it's it's understanding that it's not a hit it and quit, Mm -hmm. and I can say it's practice. It's an ongoing um, process.
1: Yeah, and 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 with you know with most things, as with most things, it has more to do with the work that we're doing on ourselves. And what do I mean by that? I am a person who has been known to react. Right, like I'm a very expressive. (sighs) You OK? I am a very expressive person. And so the reality is the way that I process things is to get it out in some way. Now, the question becomes, how do I get this out in a healthy way so that it doesn't become an impediment to what you know is most healthy? Um, and so what I mean by that as an example is that every now and then I might get a business email that runs me the wrong way. You know, there, there's some poor communication going on, some unreasonable expectation, whatever the case may be. And because I'm human, mm-hmm. I can have a moment where I'm frustrated. Mm-hmm. But the question becomes, do I deal with my frustration in my own time or do I point that frustration direct to, uh, directly back to the source of it in that moment? Do you react or do you respond? Do I respond? And so one of the things that I've learned is that, okay, there are other things that I can do to get. So to your first point, emotional release, is there something that I can do to get rid of the emotion in order to make my response more productive? So I may have a conversation with a friend about it just to get that energy out like, oh, man, I got this email. It really frustrated me. But now that I've gotten that energy out with a trusted person, now I can go back to the original person with a response in order to be more productive in getting whatever it is to a, a productive resolution.
0: Okay, so so a couple of pieces in there. One, the the, the goal in any inter- interaction is you know the the three um, encouragements from from the Persian um, um, culture. You know, is it true? Is it necessary? Is it kind? Mm-hmm. You know, so so if something happens. First of all, is is your response based in truth?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Other thing, is it necessary? Everything's not necessary to comment on. That's my point. <laughs> Sometimes you just need to breathe and, exactly. and, and move on. If you, if you see that the other person is not really open to it or whatever. And then the third one, and that's, it's to me, is, is the largest one. Is it kind? Can it be done in a way that's compassionate, mm-hmm. that's understanding w- with some uh, foundation of connection? Can it be done in a kind way? If not, if it doesn't meet those thr- three cr- criteria, then it might be best not to engage that. Exactly, exactly. I also like your, your uh, example of, of release. The first thing in, in emotional release is to identify the emotion.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I'm angry. I'm upset. That was annoying for me. Okay. <laughs> then you might exp- express that. You could say with somebody that uh, you you can trust to help you p- process it. You you might go dance it off. <laughs> you 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 might write write a poem about it. You might mm-hmm. you know uh, you, you might you might sing. You might you might. Release it in a hot in a hot bath, you know. Uh, but all of us need a toolkit for emotional release. In this society, so much of our existence has been sabotaged by, by uh, avoidance, mm-hmm. Avoidance emo- emotions. Mm-hmm. And, and emotions, it's pretty simple: either you deal with them, or they're going to deal, deal with, with you. you.
1: Hello. So.
0: If you can identify the emotion and then start to unpack it. So, what is this about? Why, why am I so angry because she uh, brought me the wrong food? Okay. What did that trigger? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what was that really about? You know, how, how did, because, you know, anger's usually a, a stand in for, for fear. Mm-hmm. So, what's the fear? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what did I, did I get scared of that I have, had to respond by, by uh, calling her out? You know? Exactly. <laughs>
1: exactly. And I think to that to that last point, that kind of speaks to the, the very last thing that I want to say. And it's to stop focusing on trying to win. Oh. <laughs> because as, because when someone does something that's somehow offensive to you, you can easily get in the mindset of I can't let this person get the best of me. Yes. And, and oftentimes when we're withholding forgiveness, it's because we feel like we lose when we forgive, like the person has now gotten the best of you, taken advantage of you, whatever the case may be. So they, we feel like we need to hold something over the person so that we can feel like we're somehow winning, that we're not losing. But that's a that's a fear based mindset.
0: Yes. Based in a feeling of insecurity. Right. I, I feel less than or insecure. So I have to put on this thing. To uh, overcompensate for that, right? Yeah, right. Rather than accept and deal with this feeling of insecurity, of what it's about, I put on my mask and you know get aggressive or or get hostile, you know, in order to uh, try to have some power. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And so what I've realized personally is that I'm my best self when I redefine what winning looks like. And, and I take the ego out of it and make it not about me, but about a great resolution for everyone.
0: You know, I've been watching um, tennis. You know, I played right. I played competitive tennis for about 50 years. And I'm, I'm watching these, um, particularly these young sisters come back and they're saying, my goal is just to have fun. You know, I'm taking off all this pressure about winning and whatever and i remember playing and I was I, was, I was I had some skills at some point um but you know it was more i enjoyed hitting a good shot more than i did winning mm-hmm. of course i didn't win all the time not doing that but you know <laughs> it felt good mm-hmm. that's that's a big that's a big piece when we enjoyed the process you know, we can we can enjoy the journey as opposed to being caught up in the outcome. Mm-hmm. That's a setup for us. Cause the outcome is never just dependent on your efforts. Mm-hmm. There's all the other things that 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 play into that. Um, the other person, the atmosphere, unseen factors or whatever. So if I can just enjoy the, the journey, then I don't have to win all the time mm-hmm. so <laughs> some we get so caught up in winning that that, that you know it sabotages our our happiness mm-hmm. you know it it, it it um creates rifts between us and other people it elevates our our, our anger and um <laughs> it sabotages connections mm-hmm. sabotages connections so, yeah okay. so yes that issue of winning is a big issue, and uh, I really enjoyed watching. It's, 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 um, again, in the Olympics, some of the athletes were saying, "Hey, I don't feel like, I don't feel like playing <laughs> mm-hmm. today." I said, "Oh, good for you, mm-hmm. good mm-hmm. for you." Rather than you just have to absorb this pressure and get to the final goal. Right, mm-hmm. right. No. We all need to say, "All right, I need a break. I need to breathe." You know, it's about the journey, not the outcome. None of us is in control of the outcome. What we are in charge of is how we go through our journey. Mm -hmm. So, so, and what can help is a move toward radical forgiveness and radical self-forgiveness. Radical forgiveness, radical self-forgiveness. Again, it's a shift. It's a shift in even how we conceptualize ourselves in the narratives that play consciously and unconsciously. But I'm encouraging you to do some experimentation. You know, don't take my word or girl's word for it. You know, do some of your own experimentation and see if it doesn't uh, free you up in a different way see if it doesn't shift your consciousness increase your awareness of um, your um, what your your lessons and your blessings and help you to be uh, better at being you so take care blessings and look forward to chatting with you again soon peace out